Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. It's great to have you with us. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. In a series on Joshua, I want to look at this one lady. Her name is Rahab. I want to look at this lady, Rahab. And in Joshua chapter 2, it says uh, this, it says, remember the people of God are waiting to go into the promised land, and um, they've said that you need to break camp, that uh, things are, you're going to start moving, get ready, get your supplies ready, and three days from now you will cross the river. And, um, and Joshua, it says in chapter 2, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, go look over the land, he said. He sends these two spies and he says, I want you to go in and look over the land. And I want you to, to, see, to, to, to see what you can see. Tell me what, you, what, what do you get. So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. So they went to this lady. She was a prostitute in the city. In this, and, they, and he says there specifically, he says, especially look over Jericho. So they, they cross this river that's in flood. They managed to get across this river. And they go into the city called Jericho, which is just on the other side of the river. From where they, they're sitting, they can actually see Jericho in the distance. And so they say, listen, go. And sometimes people say, listen, if God speaks, you don't need to send spies. You've, you can have that argument. When God speaks, you respond. You don't need to send spies, which I think is true. But there are other times when actually God speaks, and especially when there's precedent like this. So Joshua was part of the party when God told Moses to go and set, to send spies into the land to check out the land. So Joshua thought, well, God said it before. I might as well just carry on. I've learned something then, and we're going to carry on. And so faith and wisdom always go together. Faith and strategic thinking go together. However, what we mustn't do is use our, our wisdom and our strategic thinking to nullify our faith. So we don't, we don't work from strategic thinking to faith. We work from faith. What has God said? And then we start to make plans in accordance with what God said to actually overcome and to get into what he has for us. And this is what I believe Joshua does here. He makes some plans. He sends some guys in. And they go and speak to this lady, Rahab. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So he calls Rahab in and he says, bring them out, bring those men out. I want, uh, we want to see them. But verse 4, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I did not know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them and hidden them in the roof um, under the stalks of flax, which she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords back to, Jericho, back to the Jordan. So these guys run out the gates going after the spies. In the meantime, the spies are in the roof. And as soon as the pursuers had gone, the gate was shut. Before the spies, now they're in a city that's shut up. Can't get around, high walls. Before the, the spies lay down <clears throat> for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting with fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and to Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed." 
When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the, your, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. What a confession of faith. What a, this lady who doesn't know God, she's a Canaanite, remember. She's a Canaanite prostitute. But yet she has this revelation of God, there's this, there's this awe of God that is the news of what God has done is breaking in and, and, and touching her heart. Now then, please swear to me, she carries on to say in verse 13, by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives are from save us from death. They reply, our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Friends, God always treats us kindly and faithfully. And we begin to see this here in the story. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Remember that, part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, go into the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return and then go on your way. The men said to her, this oath, has been made, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless you enter the land, unless when we enter the land, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and brothers and all your family into your house. So they're saying, listen, this, this, this agreement, our lives for your lives, is not going to work unless you bring everybody into the house and you take the scarlet cord, and it almost seems like the same cord that they are going, they are escaping by, you, know, you need to hang this, this rope out the window. Remember, they're, they're in a wall, her house is part of a wall, so they're escaping, the gates are closed, so they've got to escape through the window and down the wall through, on this rope, the scarlet rope. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if our hand is laid on him. But if, we but if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied, let it be as you sow. So she sent them away, they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord on the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there for three days until the pursuers had searched all the pursuers had searched all day long uh, along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told them everything that had happened. They said to Joshua, "The Lord has surely given this whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us." It's a beautiful story of Joshua. You see, Joshua was sent those spies out with eyes of faith. He knew there was a river to cross, a flooding river to cross. He knew these thousands of people had to get across this river. And, he, and there wasn't, but, but he's still, he's not thinking about the river. He's kind of gone beyond the river and he's thinking about Jericho. And he's saying, go and check out Jericho because actually in his mind, if God's going to take us across the river, great. But the next thing is Jericho. So he's thinking, he's thinking ahead. You see, it's eyes of faith. He's, he's, he's not asking the question, how, how militarily uh, strong are they? He's asking the question, how are we going to take these, these walls down? How are we going to get into the city? And so Joshua has these incredible eyes of faith. But another lady, this lady Rahab, also has incredible eyes of faith. 
And I'd love to just point out three or four things here about this lady and her eyes of faith. You see, in Rahab, we see the first recorded Gentile coming to salvation. There were others that came to the people of God and were saved, but this is the first time that we see recorded in the Bible that the mission of God, which was given to the mission of God, which was given to God's people, and that was that they were going to be a light to the world. Israel was to be a light to the world. They were, going to, they were meant to go into the nations, clear out the land, and that would, be a, that would be a place of God's habitation. That would be a, a place where God would dwell. And the people that live in those lands, if they would turn to God, they would come into their presence, into God's presence, and become part of them. And so this is the first time you recorded that we see a, a Gentile be, be, be uh, um, included into God's people. And so what Rahab reminds us, that this land that we're going into, this inheritance that we have, whatever it might be, it might be a lease for a building, it might be a business, it might be a relationship, it might be a, a marriage, whatever it is, it might be a healing. But actually at the center of that is the mission of God. It's about people. And it's about people like Rahab. It's about people that the world despises, prostitutes. It's about people that the world rejects. It's about people that are not the right kind of people. It's about all kinds of people, even those kinds of people. And so what Rahab reminds us here is that actually the mission of God and, God, of God and God's people is to reach people. Is to reach people and to see people come to faith and to see people make that declaration, your God is the God of heaven and of earth. And uh, we start to see that with Rahab. We also start to see with Rahab is that if you have faith in God, there's always a way into the promises of God. You see, friends, what we think is that our past inhibits us from the promises of God. Actually, the gospel, you see, what we see here, right in the first pages, first, second chapter of Joshua, is the gospel outworking itself. It's actually the good news of God's people coming into a place and, and bringing life to that place. And, and it comes to this lady that is the most unlikely, first of all, she's a lady, and then she's a prostitute lady. And what, what it does is we start to see this lady begin to respond to God. And so, actually, it doesn't matter what our past is, friends. Our future's in God's hands. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter where you've been in the past, no matter who you've served in the past, no matter what God you've worshipped in the past, no matter how bad you've been in your past, actually, your future is in God's hands when we put our faith in that God of heaven and in earth. And so Rahab begins to show us this in such a profound way. It's quite amazing, friends, when I, when I say that, because you can think, well, yeah, well, okay, that's great, Stan. Well, what, why Rahab? Well, what happens is, is in, the, in the book of Matthew, in the genealogy, in the, in the ancestry of Jesus, Rahab appears there. Rahab appears there. And, this, and, and, and what's phenomenal is because what we start to see, if you, if you turn to chapter 6, what happens is when they do go into, into, into Jericho, 
and they conquer, the, the walls come down. And then what Joshua does is he sends the, the spies back into, into, into Jericho to, to find Rahab because they had made a promise to her. So they, he says to them, go and find her. They come, they, he brings them, and this is how chapter 6 ends. It says, but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. So you start to see she gets incorporated into the people of God. And so what happens is in this journey, she meets a guy called Salmon. Salmon is a good-looking guy. He's an upstanding guy. And so she meets him, and she marries this guy, Salmon. They have a son called Boaz, who himself is a, is a, who, who is himself is a righteous man. And what he does is he rescues and marries a lady called Ruth. Ruth, you know the book of Ruth? That was, that was her, her kids. So she meets Salmon. They have a, they have a, they have a boy called Boaz. Boaz meets this, this Moabite Ruth. He becomes her kinsman redeemer. He becomes the one that rescues her. And so he marries Ruth, and what they do is they have a son called Obed, and Obed has a son called Jesse, and Jesse has a son called David, who becomes the greatest king that Israel has ever known. You see, friends, it doesn't matter about your past. When you put your faith in Jesus, your future becomes different. Your future becomes one where your ancestry write books of the Bible, Ruth. Where your, ancestry, where your ancestry now becomes, your, your, your future becomes one where actually you, you give birth to one of the greatest kings of, of, of all time. And ultimately, friends, it actually all leads to King David eventually leads to Jesus. And so because of what Ruth did and the faith that she displayed in that moment, she gets exalted in the New Testament for that faith as one who puts action to her works, to her faith as one who knows what saving faith is. And she, so she gets applauded in the New Testament for that. She becomes the great-grandmother of King David. The third weird thing we see is in, the, in the life of Rahab is she becomes a model for our journey of faith in God. She's the, we start to see by this lady who, who doesn't know God. Remember, this is a Canaanite lady. But she, in her naivety in her, just her heart and her, we were singing tonight about surrender. In the surrender of her heart, she begins to show us some things. Because you see, the first thing she does is she surrenders her life. She puts her life at risk for the sake of these two spies. Because she knows that they serve a God of heaven and the God of earth. And she doesn't just surrender her life to them. She lets them into the innermost part of her house. And not just does she let them into the innermost part of her house, but she lets them into the inner part, heart, uh, part of her heart because she begins to declare what she believes to them and lives this, um, this declaration of faith. You see, friends, in our walk with Jesus, he wants to get into the innermost parts of our lives. 
It's not a surface thing, the surrender to Jesus. This surrender to Jesus is something where Jesus comes onto the innermost parts of who we are, into your deepest and darkest secrets. Jesus wants access to those. To the deepest, darkest parts of our hearts, of our lives. Those parts that you don't really wanna look at much. Jesus wants access to that. Because that's the way we're gonna take hold of the land that God's given us. And friends, this is a moment, these are moments, these are times when we're talking about surrender. It's actually where we actually get before God and we say, God, you've got to deal with the innermost parts of me. And what we see from Rahab is that she surrenders the innermost parts of her life and of her home to these spies, and so she gets rescued. The second thing we learn from her journey of faith is that the scarlet rope makes all the difference. The scarlet rope makes all the difference. You see, friends, and what the scarlet rope is, that's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus makes all the difference. The blood of Jesus changes everything. And they say, he say, they say to her, put the blood of Jesus over your window, out your window. And when you read that, when you see the scarlet thread out the rope, out the window, straight away our mind goes back to the Passover where God said to them, if you're, when the angel of death comes and defeats uh, Pharaoh, I want you to paint the door frames of your home with the blood of the animal, of the blood of the lamb. And when, the, when you are inside and the angel of death comes, he will pass over you. You see, it's the same idea that Rahab is displaying here. Put your rope out, your red rope out the window. Put the blood of Jesus over your home, through your heart, out your heart, and actually let God come into your life, and actually he will save you from certain death. He will save you from destruction. That city was lined up by God for destruction, but Rahab was saved because of the blood of Jesus. And our lives, friends, are saved because of the blood of Jesus. And so Rahab begins, this lady who is a Canaanite lady, doesn't really know much, she starts to get this. And they make this statement, our lives for your lives. Friends, the gospel, the, gospel, the good news about Jesus is this, is that he said, my life for your life. He said this, I will give my life in exchange for your life. You give me your life. You surrender your life to me. You surrender everything that you have to me. You surrender your bad things. You surrender your darknesses. You surrender your debt. You surrender every part of who you are. Strengths and weaknesses, you surrender your wallet to me. You surrender your time to me. You surrender your home to me. You surrender everything that you have to me. And in exchange, I will give you my life, which is eternal and infinite. And that's the same life that Jesus received when he was resurrected from the dead, is the same life we receive, is the same spirit we receive when we give our hearts to him and give our lives to him. And what we start to see is we start to see that she begins to understand this. It's quite interesting, interesting in, jo in Joshua chapter six, before she is made part of the people, it says that she was put outside the camp in verse 22. That is a gospel thing. Because you see, there was a tradition um, in the Israelites that actually once a year, the, 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 the scapegoat would receive an actual goat. The priest would go and on behalf of the people lay his hands on the goat 
and the sin of all the people would be imparted to the goat, and the goat would be sent off into the wilderness so that the people could be free. You see, she was sent outside the camp. Friends, the good news about Jesus is that Jesus went outside the camp so that we can stay inside the camp. Jesus went outside, took on the sin, took on our stuff, took on everything that we did wrong, every atrocity that was committed in this world was laid upon him, and he was sent off, and now we, all we get to enjoy, the good news is this, is all that stuff is given away to him and taken care of by him, and we get to enjoy his eternal life, his resurrection life. Rahab teaches us this. Rahab teaches us, friends, that death has been defeated. The chains have been broken. That's what Rahab, that city that was going to be destroyed, remember this, remember this now. They walk around the, 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 the Jericho seven times. We, we haven't got there yet, but they walk around there seven times, and eventually the walls come falling down. Remember, her home was built into the walls of Jericho. What's incredible, friends, is that the walls come tumbling down, but her house stands steady because the rope, because the blood of Jesus is on her home. And friends, that's exactly the good news that we are to receive in Christ. Is our, in the midst of all the destruction, actually we can stand steady because of what God has done for us. It wasn't because of her cleverness. It wasn't because of her self-effort. It wasn't because of some religious ritual. It was because of the blessing and the grace of God over her that she was saved. And, how, and that's why we are saved. We learn this from Rahab. The third thing that we learn from Rahab's journey is that you must come indoors. You must come indoors. You see, it's a picture of us continually hiding ourselves in Christ. All her people, all her, her family, he says to them, what you must do is if you want to be saved, if you want to be safe, you've got to come indoors. And that house, that, where those, that home where that you indoors will be saved. Friends, when times are tough, you've got to come indoors. You've got to come into Christ. You've got to trust what he has provided the shelter that he has provided, the life that he has provided, the blood that he has provided, and you, and you hide in that place. Friends, we never outgrow the blood of Jesus. It's something that we appropriate daily in our lives. In fact, in a growingly understanding way, in a greater, more powerful way, week on and week out. We never outgrow the blood of Jesus. We've always got to come inside. And what Rahab says, we've got to come indoors. It's amazing how her first response to the gospel, her first response to the grace of this God is to bring other people into her home. See, our first response to this good news is to share it and to bring others into it. Our first response to this is, that's why our homes are so important. That's why these home groups are so important. Because it's around the dining room tables it's around those places where we share our intimate, where we, where we teach people, we show people what the scarlet thread means and what the blood of Jesus means and what it means to be in him and to be seated in him, to be at rest in him so that we can be free. Rahab teaches us we must come indoors. And the fourth thing that Rahab teaches us 
is that you must join the people of God. Remember this, friends, she was a Canaanite woman. And what she did is she gave up her Canaanite status and took on Israelite status. She changed citizenship. When, what Rahab teaches us, as they, they haven't even got into the promised land yet. Eh? These are just spies. Because what it does is it's going to mark all that they do in, the, in their inheritance. Is that the blood of Jesus will mark everything that they do. The ability to come into him will mark everything that they do going forward. Everything that they do is going to have that lens. They're going to understand something more about the character and the nature of their God and their Savior because of this, uh, this lady Rahab, whose life then influences generations and actually becomes part of the ancestry of Jesus. This simple lady, this prostitute lady. You see, friends, even if you're a prostitute, and maybe you're sitting here tonight and you've done some hectic stuff, I want to tell you, friends, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your hectic stuff. The blood of Jesus, that scarlet rope, is more powerful than anything you could ever have done. The blood of Jesus forgives everything that you could have done. The blood of Jesus actually, friends, has forgiven everything that could ever have done, been done and ever will be done on the cross. We've just got to enter into faith for it and live in that and come inside of it. But what we see this lady doing is that she changes citizenship. You see, friends, in Jesus, she teaches us here, the gospel, is that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we surrender our hearts to put your faith in Jesus, to trust Jesus, it actually means you change citizenship. You're no longer a citizen of heaven, of earth. You're a citizen of heaven who lives toward earth. You live with a different perspective on life. We live with a different understanding of life. The lens that we see the earth through, our, our daily lives through changes because we've now got a citizenship that is not of this world but is of a different world. It's of the world to come. And we begin, we get the privilege of living that out now where in this world, this, in this citizenship of heaven, actually we can lay hands on the sick and sick and see them recover. In this citizenship, we can do, see miracles and deliverance and power move. In this citizenship, we can actually see others come to faith in Christ. In this citizenship, we have incredible privilege for ourselves, for our families, and for our friends. It's out of this citizenship that we see cities changed. It's out of this citizenship that we see nations changed and discipled. You see, we've got to change citizenship. It's not a line that you cross over, I said this morning. It's not like a line you cross over, well, I've crossed over the line of faith, and now I've got my fire insurance. On that day when Jesus returns, and he, and he breathes out judgment, I say, I've got my fire insurance, that's not for me. That was never in the mind of Christ. That was never in the mind of God of what a Christian should be. Actually, what a Christian is, is somebody that changes citizenship. They understand this. That actually my actions, the way I live, is no longer from a worldly point of view. I don't see other people from a worldly point of view. I see people from a heavenly point of view. What does God look at and see in their lives? I've got to see that. What do, this situation, what would God do? You start to think like that. And so what we see with Rahab, she teaches us that actually to, 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 to be saved, to be, come into this place, is actually to change citizenship. 
What she also teaches us around this people being part of the people of God is that although your inheritance is in Christ, the living out and the walking out of that inheritance which God has given you comes by being with people. So the people you're with will help you walk into what God has for you. Choose your people, walk into your promise. Get with your people, get into your promise. And Rahab teaches us these things, friends. It's an absolutely amazing story of this lady who is a nobody that becomes a somebody and becomes an ancestor of Jesus. And God wants to do that for every single one of us. There's an opportunity for us to change citizenship, to change views, to, to be saved, to be saved from death, and to live a life that actually we could never have believed we could live. To have a marriage that we could never believe we could have. To live our lives like we could never believe we could ever have lived them because of this change of citizenship, because of this blood of Jesus. I thank God for Rahab. She teaches us so much. And what she does is she then strategically speaks to these guys, fills their hearts with faith. Remember, they've only been to one city, eh? They get back to Joshua. And this unbelieving lady, this lady that doesn't know God, so fills them with faith that they get back to Joshua and they say to Joshua, Joshua, this whole, this whole nation is ours. This whole land is ours. Not just the city, the whole land is ours. And Joshua says, come, let's go. And I wanna say to us tonight, come, let's go. Put your faith in the blood of Jesus. Hide in that blood, hide in that home and join the people of God and let the people of God help you walk into the promises of God so that you too can be written into the annals of God's word and of God's history for your life and for the people around you. In Jesus' name, amen.